Welcome to the Informed Simplicity Project, an ISP mini episode. I'm trying out a new segment today where I review articles and books and things that I find interesting in the field. Um, today is Brooke Matthews and Scott Miller's article on um, attunement. Uh, Meet you in McGinnis Meadows, Lessons in Attunement, an incredible article. It reads like a short story. So you actually um, should read it before you listen to the rest of this, of this re review. Um, there are a few twists and I'm gonna give out spoilers. So pick it up, I'll have the link below. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Okay, into the article. Phenomenal article. The first, and I think the biggest thing about the article is, um, the article's all about Brooke's journey to becoming a super shrink. And the best part about that is that she doesn't present herself as a super shrink. She kind of blows past the fact that she's better than average. In fact, well above average. Um, and I really respect that. I really respect that. You know, I think um, I had a friend of mine the other day and she, and she said, that most of the big wigs in our field are actually like closet narcissists. Um, and I think that she's right in the extent, in the view, in the extent, in the, in the way of to get a model put forth, to get an idea um, out to the public, you have to be wedded to that model and sort of push it no matter what. And what that also then means is that you are blind to other things that go, um, that go on other ways to think, other ways to approach a problem. Um, and Brooke doesn't have that. Brooke just wants people to get better. And the whole article is her posturing herself as a learner. Even at the very end of the article, when she's leading this retreat, she's leading it as someone who's learning to be a leader, someone who's learning to mentor other people. It's never this sense of I've arrived, I've done, I've found the answer. So that makes me trust her so much, really. Um, incredible. Um, there were two things that I would say sort of came up as like, hmm, that seems like an obvious contradiction. Um, and I, you know, I'll be honest, I feel a little weird saying this because I had Scott on the podcast a few months ago and he was incredible, so gracious, so kind. Um, and so these are, I don't know if these are critiques or these, these are just thoughts, but... Um, yeah, um, and the first thought was, Brooke talks about her process of becoming better. Um, and then at the end of the article, she talks about um, how we can use a process to get better as therapists. And basically her process is find your baseline, um, get feedback from your clients, then develop a plan to bridge the gap between where your base, from where you're weak to where your clients are, right? In a nutshell. Um, but that's different than her own process. When she traces back to when her outcomes began to improve, she began to get really good as a therapist when she also began to work as a horse trainer, right? Um, and she talks about how studying with this horse whisperer taught her how to attune and respond um, to horses and then that bled over to her ability to tune and respond to people. Um, and like, on, you know, on a side note, it's very reminiscent to me of uh, Monty Roberts, the real horse whisperer. That was his documentary. 
um, which was incredible. I had to watch it in, in grad school. And he also worked with foster kids and um, abused women. <laughs> like, like um, the, the interview, the, his uh, documentary is actually up on YouTube for free. Someone put it up there. So I'll leave the link. It, just, it should not be on YouTube. Um, it's way too valuable to be just up on YouTube. Um, but if you have 20 minutes, but you know, today, put it on, check it out. It's incredible. Um, phenomenal. Also it reminds me of Michael Yapko, you know, the great hypnotist and depression expert who studied with uh, elephant trainers. Um, so that sort of seems to be a common thread, but the thing that to me is sort of the most, the biggest contradiction between Brooke and what she's saying is the process that she used to become better is not the process that she's advocating for. I think that's a bit of a contradiction. Um, I think that also sort of bleeds into the second sort of thing that I'm like, mm, I don't know about this, right? Where, um, you know, throughout the article, they, they kind of um, talk disparagingly about therapists who say that their clients aren't motivated or securely attached or whatever, whatever. And I mostly agree with them. I think that 99% of the time when therapists say that, um, they are blaming the client, which is not helpful and probably isn't true. Um, but at the end of the article, when Brooke is talking about how she's being mentored and how to lead a retreat for a therapist, she talks about how some therapists after the retreat followed through with, with what they learned and some therapists don't. Um, and it seems to me that that's also a parallel for clients. And you know, like some clients that come to therapy and while they're in therapy, they do well, but they don't take it out of the office. Um, and so there is a level at which client needs, clients need to be motivated and um, engaged and actively taking steps to better their life. Um, so that's sort of another sort of contradiction that I thought, mm, that's not quite true. It's not, it's not only the therapist's fault when things don't get better. Um, and like I said before, um, I think Scott and Brooke are right that therapists need to take the lion's share of the responsibility of meeting their clients where they are. Um, so those are my thoughts. Like I said, Get the article it's incredible and let me know if you like the shorter format all right talk to you later